you turn with me to the text of our message this morning, which is in the book of Exodus, the 15th chapter, verses 22 through 27, beginning at the 22nd verse. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur, S-H-U-R. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. If you have, as I have, had thoughts like you were hearing, or you were having a a revisit to something in the past, I think they call it deja vu, maybe you heard something in this that reminded you of circumstances that you faced somewhere in your past life or maybe are facing right now. I don't profess to know the circumstances in everyone's life that's here, but I know this, this story is full of wonderful stuff, far more than I'll be able to cover in the few minutes that I have left to to speak to you this morning. By way of history, Israel had just experienced the mighty hand of God in delivering them from the hand of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army. They had just walked through the path that had been made for them where the waters of the Red Sea had been walled up and God permitted it, God made the path so clear for them that they were able to walk across on dry ground. And they had no more than gotten, all of them gotten on the, on the wilderness side uh, of the Red Sea. Then all that water came crashing down on Pharaoh's army. And it drowned his army, horses, chariots, and all. They stood on that side of the Red Sea and sang at the direction of Miriam, Moses' sister, Songs of praise unto God. Now, that's what had just happened. As they went around the corner, you see, I don't know there was any corner there. I'm talking metaphorically here. There were lots of corners in the desert. Metaphorically speaking again. But uh, as they turned the corner for the next step, they encountered something that was almost as bad. Three days into the desert, without finding water, they come to this body of water that looked like it had great promise. Have you ever looked at something and said, oh, finally, and you you, uh, uh, tried it out and you found out that it wasn't anywhere near what you thought it was. Anybody have an experience like that? 
Sure, sure you have. Anyway, they found out that the water could not be drunk by them, their children, or even their animals. Their circumstances, three days without water, had come to the point where in a few hours their animals were going to die, and shortly after that their children. Now, I don't know about you, but you can hit me with about anything that you've got, and I'll get back up, and you'll knock me down, and I'll get back up. But you lay your hands on my kids, and I'll get back up, and you'll be getting up. And I think that's a general feeling of most of us. Do what you think you can to me, but don't you dare do that to my kids. Well, they were looking at this. And the way that you look at things has a lot to do with how you react to what you see and how you're able to handle what God wants to do for you. Instead of saying, well, we better stop here and pray, they went to grumbling and finding fault. And as some people will do when things don't go the way that they think they should, they look for some place to, bl uh, to put the blame. And Moses was the leader. He had led them there. And so it must have been his fault. He must have missed God. I've been a part of restoring four churches in the years of ministry that we've served. And I've heard lots of grumbling. I've heard lots of complaining. And I want to tell you, no individual nor church will get very far along the path of God's blessing grumbling. It just doesn't work. Write that down in your book somewhere. Don't grumble. It doesn't work. Well, the Jews had an interesting way of following up their grumbling. They usually stoned the person that they blamed. So Moses, knowing this, and knowing that they were in desperate straits, did the thing that everybody should do in circumstances like this. He prayed. He called on God. And God showed him a piece of wood. And the Lord instructed him to throw it in the water. Now, you and I, if we were part of that scene, would look at that and say, what good is that going to do? That's just an old plank of wood, just an old tree trunk. I have no idea what the chemistry situation was that took place there. But I know this. When he did it as God directed him, the bitterness was absorbed in the wood and the water was made sweet. And I'll bet you that tasted better than any bottled water that you could buy in the store today. God turned the bitterness into sweetness. Now, an additional thought that I want to share with you here is this that the bitterness of the water could have become bitterness in their souls. 
And this I found on numerous occasions when people come to a point like this, instead of utilizing the tool that God has given us, which is prayer, they revert to what they think they see and what they think are going to be the results, and they let that problem get into their spirit. It's one thing to observe a problem. It's another thing to let it get into your spirit. You hear me? You don't want to let that happen. Because grumbling is what? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. And you don't want to get that in your spirit from anything else. Now, there's lots of things around us. And usually, when you're, having, uh, when you're being challenged by something like this that is beyond your ability to handle it, there are other things that come along with it. And these things all begin to, to talk to you. And the devil will use that. He'll cloak himself in these things and he'll say, Oh, just look how bad things are. Look how God has failed you. Why don't you just curse God and die? That's what Job's wife said to him. <laughs> the interesting thing was that after everything was over with in Job's life and God turned to reward him, he gave him a whole set of new kids and this this crabby, grumbling wife had to be the one to give birth to all those new kids. <laughs> I love God's sense of humor, don't you? <laughs> uh, that's what the devil does. He just... The doubts and the worries creep up. And they multiply if you let yourself become a vessel that speaks them. But Moses gave the right pattern. He went to prayer. And he called out to God. And God answered him. You know, the Lord loves these kind of impossibilities. He loves to show himself glorious on our behalf. And he... He knows when you're going to face one of these things. He knows when the difficulties get to the point where you're going to have to have his help. And by the way, it's not a miracle if you can do it by yourself. You get that? It's not a miracle if you can do it by yourself. But when you hit one of those spots when you can't work your way through, when there's no answer, when there's no way to get through, that's the time when God loves to show himself glorious. He loves to respond to our prayers. Now the mistake some people make in these occasions is that they, they don't pray. They just sit back and say, well, Lord, you know all about it. Or God knows all about it. I'm just waiting for him. No, you're not. You're just plain lazy. And what we need to do is we need to acknowledge that we need his help, we can't make it, and to ask him. Ask him. And he always comes through. Always. My wife and I are facing some circumstances like that. And it's not the first time. And it probably won't be the last. But the thing that encourages us is that we have found him faithful every time we need to let God touch our eyes so that we can see 
what our next step should be. That's very important, folks. When you're going through a situation that is beyond your ability, don't play guesswork with God. Don't, don't just try things. Wait on the Lord and let Him give you direction. And no matter how silly or stupid or unreal it may seem to be, wait until you know that it's God and then do it and stick to your guns. What good is medication if you don't take it as it's prescribed? And by the same token, I say, what good is it to call on God and get an answer from Him and then not do what He says? Uh, as uh, some of the teenagers do, they put their hand up on their forehead and that's, that's supposed to represent an L saying loser, you know. Uh, anyway, I'm sure that the Israelites, as they watched Moses throwing this piece of wood in the water, thought, that's really a dumb thing to do. And you can rationalize all day long about how dumb a thing is, but if God says do, do it, then do it. Expect a miracle and let him use you to make it happen. Most miracles have some element that involves you in it. Don't expect to be a spectator. Be a participator. All right. From my experience, I've seen churches come unglued at times like this, and I've seen them pull together and be strong. I've seen preachers make changes when they should have stayed in their church and waited on God. Interesting how that sometimes a thing gets to be big and you say, well, I must not be in the right place, so they pick up and move over here. One preacher I knew, and he had pastored, I think, three churches in the time that the short time that I knew him. He said, I don't understand it. Everywhere I go, I have the same problems. Well, you got it, but he never did get it. He never did get it. Have you ever been disappointed and grumbled? You don't have to answer that. Again, grumbling comes to fixing blame, and that's not what we need to do. That's not what God led Israel to do. Prayer changed their perspective, and it will change yours too. When you pray through, as the old timers used to say, when you pray through till you've got an answer, you'll have a change of perspective. And lastly this morning, God loves your impossibilities. You say, how can that possibly be something that God would love? Because it gives Him an opportunity to show you how much He loves you. Work with Him. Don't try to get Him to come around and do things your way. Work with Him and let Him show you 
the way you need to go. Will you bow with me in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, it's hard for us at times to be able to handle things that are handed to us. We get lemons, and we forget that lemons make a wonderful lemonade. We get all kinds of things, Lord, and we just don't know what to do with them. And some of us here this morning are no doubt wrestling with some things that are troubling them greatly. Will you show yourself glorious on their behalf? Will you stretch out your hand, Lord, to each individual that needs a touch from you, needs clarification, needs answers? Lord Jesus, you see these that are admitting their need, that are admitting their inability to cope with this thing on their own. And thankfully, Lord, this is the right step to take because this permits you to show them the answer that they need. In the name of Jesus, and before your throne, the blood testifies of his shed blood for us and your love for us, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to stretch forth your hand and speak a word of direction, a, do, a word of help, showing them if there's a step they need to take, directly, Lord, giving them the answers that they need. As the wood absorbed the bitterness of the water, so, Lord, may we recognize that the cross of Jesus Christ, that wood, absorbs the bitterness of human failure, the bitterness of human uh, trial and error, and the fact that you, Lord, are there to give us the answer that we need to turn our bitterness into sweetness. In the name of Jesus, we say be healed. In the name of Jesus, we say receive from God. In Jesus' name, make it so, Father. We ask in Jesus' name.